Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So my second book, Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money, comes out on October 20th. And so over the next several episodes, I'm going to be sharing interviews of the incredible women I interviewed in the book here on the podcast. You'll hear them talk about their investing strategies right now, given that we're all navigating through a pandemic, as well as their plans to invest for the future. And they'll also be sharing their experiences of getting their finances to where they are today. And so their stories and their journeys will inspire you. So be sure to tune in. If you haven't already ordered a copy of my new book, you can do that everywhere books are sold online and it is available as an ebook, audiobook, and a physical book. You can also purchase it at your local bookstore and if they don't have it, you can request that they order it and you can also request that your local library orders the book as well. Finally, I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you're listening to, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Bola. How are you? (laughs) Good, good, good. Good on this pretty cloudy morning. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me this early in the morning. You know, I know you are super busy, so we'll get right to it. Um, I appreciate you being a part of my book, and I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and tell them who you are and what you do. Awesome. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Zuniga. I'm the founder of Zero Based Budget Coaching, LLC, a personal finance coaching business, um, and I'm also a full-time attorney. So I am a commercial litigation associate uh, at a law firm here in New York City, which is where I live. Awesome. And Cindy, at the end of last year, you made your final payment on an incredibly large amount of student loan debt. You had over $200,000 of debt that you had paid off over a number of years. Incredible. And as a result of this massive feat, one of the things that you're able to do now is shift your focus to investing, right? Starting to invest and build long-term wealth. However, you are in this space where you're beginning your investing journey in the pandemic, right? Who knew this would happen? But I'd love for you to share with everyone, how are you navigating investing as a new investor, beginning your journey in a pandemic? Um, what are you doing? How are you planning? Yeah, so, you know, you know, like you mentioned, so in December, I paid off over, you know, $215,000 of debt. Most, most of it was student loans. I think about 202 was student loans. Uh, and the rest was, was credit card debt that I had paid off. And, you know, you and I had spoken earlier this year, I think it was maybe in January or so. And I was like, you know, I'm ready to pour basically everything into investing, <laughs> right? Like that was my mentality because... What I didn't want to happen was for me to now get very comfortable, right, with all this extra money that I had from this, you know, not having to pay off a, a, a my student loans and to just spend it on myself, right? So I was like, no, I'm ready to just kind of like pour it all into investing. Um, but that approach did change because of the pandemic, you know? So I was ready to go all in. When the pandemic struck, you know, early March, when things were starting to change, especially here in New York City, which is where I live, I started realizing that I personally would be a little bit more comfortable with a more like half-half approach. So what I mean by that is, yes, investing, right? Still investing. And I think that I had shared that the way that I invest is really, you know, two ways, right? Um, One is through my 401k. So my employer 
retirement, just aiming to put as much possible so that I can max it out. Okay. And so for example, this year, I think the contribution limit is $19,500, right? For the year. Yeah. So that is how much I am planning on contributing to my 401k for this year. So that's one, one part of it. And then the other aspect is um, through a robo advisor, right? Which is what I basically started doing on my debt-free journey. I think I had shared with you that I started with like $50 a paycheck, right? Like I yeah, started I really small. Say 50. <laughs> yeah, I started really small. And it's just because I want people to see that, you know, you can start small, right? Maybe your small isn't 50. Maybe your small is more like $20, right? Or 10, but you start somewhere. Um, so I definitely am doing both of those things for sure. But I did decide to really ramp up my emergency fund, right? Really ramp up more because I, I already had an emergency fund and I had an emergency fund, which I was pretty comfortable with. Like I looked at it, you know, and I was like, I'm feeling good. That's, you know, it's a good number. Um, but the reality is that, you know, me, especially as the daughter of immigrants, I need to also make sure that my parents are okay. You know, I need to make sure that, especially with the pandemic, that my parents will be provided for, you know, taken care of if, if anything were to happen. Um, and so because of that, I really needed to make sure that I was in an even more secure place with my emergency fund, which is why this year, you know, 2020, um, which I think will go down in history as like the year, right? Um, you know, this year, my, my first year after being debt-free, I've decided to take maybe a more, a more moderate approach. Um, and at first, that was a little hard for me because I was like, no, I just, I want to go all 100% into investing. Um, but I decided, you know what, let me, let me take a little bit more of maybe a half-half approach instead. So I certainly am still investing. I think it's absolutely important. I'm investing more than I did while I was, of course, while I was paying off debt, um, but also making sure I ramp up my emergency fund too. And I'm really loving your approach, Cindy, because during times like this, when there's a lot of you know declines in the stock market, investing becomes trendy, it becomes sexy. Yeah. Even people yeah. who know nothing about investing want to get in, right? <laughs> Trying to yeah. turn the market and all of that. But the truth is that we both know investing is a long-term play and life is happening right now. And you have a family you're thinking about and it's about that peace of mind and just being able to sleep well, knowing that, okay, regardless of what's happening in the stock market, I have cash in the bank to weather this period, this storm, support my family. And that's really, really important. That cash is queen right now, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> of these uncertain times. And so I love your approach of still investing, but focusing on the right now so that once you get to that comfortable space with your savings, you can then ramp up and go full force into your investments. Because the last thing anybody wants to happen, which, which, which is what a lot of people fall into, is that they end up putting all this money in the stock market and then they need it for an emergency or for some unplanned circumstance yeah. and they end up pulling it out at a loss and it's just been a complete waste of time. So yeah. I really love your approach. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Are you feeling, I guess, are you feeling nervous <laughs> about investing given these uncertain times? And as a new investor, how are you navigating your emotions? How are you leveraging your financial plan to navigate your emotions during this season? Because for many people, there are a lot of emotions. I felt all kinds of emotions, you know, with the pandemic. It's something that we've never experienced before, but then we also have to think about, okay, 
how does this tie into our finances? How does this affect our long-term plans? How do we avoid making rash decisions? So I want to know how you are navigating through all of that. Oh, this whole year has been a roller coaster. Okay. Like, I, it's like, <laughs> a how real have I navigated? I've tried. I'm like treading water. Okay. Um, look, honestly, I would be completely lying if I said, oh, I'm as cool as a cucumber when it comes to life and when it comes to even my finances, you know, and I've been extremely nervous and extremely uncertain. Um, you know, when I think it was when April came, you know, I really thought, should I just stop my 401k contribution right now and just wholeheartedly focus on my cash, like building up my cash? Because the truth is that I, I was more concerned with the fact, and I'm going to keep it real. I was more concerned about the fact that people around me were dying. I live in New York City. I'm from here, born and raised. People around me were dying. My parents who are older could not leave their apartment. I had to send groceries to their apartment and, and leave careful instructions to the person to make sure that they take them up to their sixth floor apartment, but do not like think that they're going to open the door for them. Just leave them, right? Those were the things that I was honestly really focused on. And so for me, money, yes, money was important, but I, I needed to really think about what was happening right now. And so that's where the, where the emotions were, right? I was uncertain. I was scared. I was nervous. How I kept myself in check though, was by looking at the statistics. See, I'm a numbers person and people would be surprised to know that because I'm a lawyer and they're like, really? You, you like numbers? Yes. I've always loved <laughs> numbers. You know, I love math and I love it because it's objective and because it doesn't take your emotions into consideration, right? It, it's really just something objective, something standard that you can look at. And so what I decided to do is I looked at actually in my 401k portfolio and I looked at how my portfolio had been performing since early 2018. I think January 2018 is when I opened up my 401k. And I saw a lot of this, right? A lot of up and down, but overall the trajectory was up. And so then I decided to look at, well, let's look at the stock market over the past 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And there was a whole lot of the roller coaster. And in like 2008, 2009, there was a lot down, but it recovered. And so I think that looking at information, right? Because that, that's a lot of what, what, what you preach, what I preach is to educate ourselves. When we look at information objectively of how, for example, the stock market has performed over the long haul, these things will come. Maybe it'll come in the form of a recession, a pandemic, a who knows what, a, a, you know, an uncertain presidential administration, okay? You know, um, these things will happen. And so I think that's what was able to keep my emotions in check. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to continue with my 401k contribution. I'm, I'm going to continue investing just as I normally am, the same amount. I'm not going to try to time the market. You know, um, if I had invested in March when my shares were super, super cheap because a lot went down, you know, yeah, my, that money would have grown a lot more now, right? But I also don't know what's happening tomorrow. Like the stock market could go back down tomorrow. And so I need to not, I need to peel myself away from, at least when it comes to that part, like investing really, 
um, and the strategies for it, I need to peel myself away from the right now and just think of like, okay, let's just assess long-term. Cynthia, you're not touching this money anytime soon. <laughs> you know, and I think that, yeah, I think that's what kept me in check. It's what's kept me in check as well. Thus far. And, yeah. you know, when you were speaking and just talking about just the fact that people are dying, we're dying. I got chills all over my body because you and I had this conversation. Half of my family works in the medical field in one capacity or the other. And at the time, like who cared about money? That is really um, something that I want to highlight that money is not everything, right? At the end of the day, you want to be safe. You want to be healthy. You want to be well, you worry about your loved ones, but money matters. And, you know, when it comes to investing, like you said, Cindy, numbers don't lie. (laughs) And you want to be objective, right? So as an investor, you're thinking about what is my risk tolerance? What are my objectives? What am I investing for? What is my timeline? And then you adjust your investing strategy accordingly. If you don't need the money anytime soon, then maybe you can still be aggressive, take advantage of any lows that come, whether through any economic declines, et cetera. But you have to have those objectives and those goals in mind and your timeline. And Cindy, I love that you have thought through all of this and you've used that to give yourself a sense of calm. Um, because for people who don't have this structure set up, it is just, it can be nerve wracking. I've seen so many comments in social media about, oh my God, I'm going to sell. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. The sky is falling. And it's like information, information, create a plan, calm down. (laughs) I mean, if you sell, then you're guaranteeing a loss, right? Because if you say, you know what, like I'm nervous, I'm going to sell my investments. Well, then, yeah, if you sold your investments in March, you lost. Yes. But, but if your investments just went down, that's why I try, I try not to say I lost money in the stock market. I just say my portfolio is down. Right, right now, my portfolio is down. Tomorrow, it might be up. Right now, I don't even know what's, what it's doing, you know? Um, <laughs> but when, yeah, when you sell, you will take a loss. And that's, that's, risky you know um and and right now you know if you're if you're young you don't need to touch the money don't you know do a kind of more set it and forget it type of situation and i'm not saying forget it as in like never look at what you're investing your money in or anything like that no i'm just saying like you know take a an approach where you don't i don't want your investments to be an added source of anxiety during this time. We have so much to deal with as is that to make your investing strategy one that will bring you more stress, that's not gonna add to anything, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, you don't you don't lose anything until you sell. And I know a lot of people, you know, were facing financial difficulty and that was their last resort resort cashing out their investments. But this just goes back to what you said about, you know, minimizing what you are investing to focus on putting money aside while you are employed, while you have this opportunity. And I think that is so key. So for anyone who's watching this, if you are still employed, right, and you have the opportunity to save. It's okay to pause your investments, to focus Mm -hmm. on putting cash aside because life is happening right now. If you're unemployed looking for a new job, as soon as you get yourself back on your feet, it's okay to just contribute the minimum to your 401k and focus on bulking up your cash savings first and then getting back to investing because 
again, right, you don't want to find yourself in that position, whether you have in the past, but you don't want to find yourself in that position again, where you're having to cash out investments you really don't want to because you don't have this cash buffer. So that advice Cindy Mm -hmm. gave is so, so key. Mm -hmm. As you're going through this experience of building your portfolio, um, what advice would you give anyone who's starting out as a new investor? If you're a new investor, I think I have three tips for you. It's educate, start, more educate. (laughs) Educate (laughs) some more, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it, right? So, okay, what do I mean by that? Step one is just generally understand what investing looks like, what it means. Um, You know, when I started, I, I started by just kind of you know, Googling articles. I I started reading things on like Investopedia, just generally wrapping my head around things, really getting my feet wet. And then step two is just start, just start, right? It's so hard for us to just be willing to start, but it's so important to do it. Now you might be asking, well, Cindy, shouldn't like, I really know everything about investing before starting. I didn't. You know, and so if I'm telling, if I, if I give you that advice, then I'd be, you know, preaching something against what I even did. And, and what I did, what I mean by start is for me is it was just open up my 401k. To be honest, I didn't really understand it. I didn't even know what my money was being invested in. You know, I just trusted that. So for me, um, my company, my broker is a Charles Schwab. I just trusted that my boy Charles knew what he was doing. That's honestly the <laughs> approach that I took. Okay. And, you know, cause I, I, you know, I know I was paying some fee towards, you know, that to, towards uh, the management of my investments. Um, but then step number three, the educate yourself some more. That's where a resource like your book, Bola, like the Clever Girl Finance Investing book, I think comes into pay, play. And look, it can come into step number one, right? Even if you haven't started at all. But even if you did start, it's okay to also then pick up the book because that's what I did. It wasn't until I had already started just kind of by like deciding to fill out those forms, open up the 401k, that I picked up more substantive materials and really started educating myself more on investing. And then I decided, okay, maybe I'll open up this kind of an account and maybe I'll do this. So really, you know, if you're looking to start, you need to just do it, go ahead and start. And then really be willing to absorb information in a way that caters to you. You know, I tried reading, uh, what is it? The, the book that Warren Buffett recommends. It's, it's a red book, I, Intelligent Investor. Yes, that book is, it's like the Bible <laughs> times two. <laughs> I tried. It's a great book though. It's a, it's a great book. I think it's more for an advanced investor. Look, and this is why this was my problem. I still have the book. I need to read the book. As someone that loves personal finance and wants to learn more about investing, I need to read that book. This is why it was a bad idea for me to pick up the book when I did. I picked it up right after I took the bar exam. When I had graduated <laughs> law school, I decided that my post-bar exam read would be The Intelligent Investor, which is a pretty dense book. You know, it's pretty dense. It's a little bit more intimidating for someone who's just kind of looking to have a more approachable read. And so that was a wrong move for me. Now, at this stage of life, 
yes, that book might actually add tons of value towards my, to, to my life. But for now, you know, remains to be seen. But what I encourage, you know, anyone listening, what I encourage anyone listening to do is really just to start and then to absorb information that will meet you where you are. Okay, Th that's the key. It, it's not to force yourself to maybe read materials or listen to podcasts that maybe don't really interest you is get the information that will meet you where you are. And, and then, you know, you'll, it's a learning experience. Look, I've been investing for a few years now and there's still so much for me to learn. You know, there's still so much for me to learn and, and to grow through. And so that's why, yeah, I am welcoming, you know, good book suggestions for the next level or podcast or whatever it may be, because I do want to start educating myself even more. Um, but, you know, just start wherever you are, even if you're a college graduate, you know, even or even if you're in your 40s and 50s and you're like, oh, well, maybe no, start, start now, you know, future you will think whatever future you looks like. That is such great advice. And yes, I agree wholeheartedly. There is always the opportunity to learn. There's always the need to learn. You might change your investing approach. You might decide to invest in a different way. You might change your mm -hmm. strategies. And there's always an opportunity to learn how to do things better or learn from other people's experiences or learn what changes have been made, right? Based mm -hmm. on investing platform there's just so many things mm -hmm. that you can learn so it's never just oh i know how to invest and i know how to invest i'm yeah. always learning you know it's all about growth and just staying yeah. consistent with what you're trying to achieve when it comes to your goals so that's really excellent advice mm -hmm. cindy thank you so much for sharing that and yeah. like you said we all start somewhere and in my book i talk about my investing mistakes as a newbie investor which are hilarious <laughs> Uh oh, I can't wait to read now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I own them um, and I've learned from them and I've grown from them. And, you know, yeah. that's the great thing about starting is that you give yourself this opportunity to learn, grow, assess any mistakes, and then implement those changes to your future success. So mm -hmm. that's really, you know, really important. So Cindy, before I let you go, I have a couple more questions. Yeah, um, yeah, first it. is, <laughs> what is your Clever Girl superpower? So it's going to be the same one that I mentioned on uh, your podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, on your podcast, which is uh, discipline. You know, so I think that, you know, a lot of people think that discipline involves you being like very rigid, you know, inflexible, just kind of like straight, straight, straight. And I actually think that discipline is just having a plan. It's having a plan and making the decision to execute that plan as much as you possibly can. See, discipline isn't perfection. It's just being willing to say, you know what, this is the plan that I have and this is what I'm gonna do to get there. In early January, I had a certain plan for my investing strategy. And in March, I had to you know, adjust that a little bit, but I still had the discipline to build towards my financial goals, period. And so I think that that's probably, that's probably my superpower and it's something that I really want to keep in this financial freedom journey that I'm on is to keep the discipline on like, you know, thinking long-term, thinking about why I'm really doing all of this, you know, and, and just doing what I need to do to get there. 
That's amazing. And you have shown incredible discipline by virtue of what you've accomplished so far, Cindy. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. You are so amazing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Lola. So my You're final question too. is, <laughs> so my last question is, how can people find out more about your business, book a coaching session, learn more about you and your journey? Where can they go to and where can they reach you? Yeah, so uh, I'm most active on Instagram, so you can find me at zero based budget, and uh, or you know if you're interested in booking a session, you can join my waitlist on zero dash based budget.com. Um, and if you have any questions, you know, feel free to DM me, email me. Uh, you know, I, I, I welcome questions. I think it's it's good to have you know a community of people where we really want to engage in these tougher topics, you know, maybe we don't have friends or family members that we can talk to about these things, you know, maybe what we do have is, you know, a book we can dive into or a YouTube channel we can watch or a podcast we can listen to, um, you know, wherever you are, though, just know that there are people that are willing to, you know, kind of meet you where you are and ready to have these conversations as well. Thank you so much, Cindy. And definitely check out my new book, Clever Wealth Finance, Learn How Investing Works for Your Money. Cindy is in the book. She talks a lot about her investing approach. I also interview a ton of other really incredible women as well. And so, Cindy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing and also for being a great friend. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bola. No, you're you're the best. Honestly, I wish I hope your audience knows like how much of an impact you've had on my life. Like just in case you don't know, Bola was the very first woman slash women of color that I found talking about money, period. And to me, that, that having that kind of a role model was life-changing, is life-changing. And so I hope that women that come across your platform, that they be encouraged that it doesn't matter, like, where you come from, whether what your immigrant status is, your parents' immigrant status, you know, whatever it may be, whether you were raised in a low-income household or a middle class or whatever it may be, there's so much to your journey and to your story. So surround yourself with women that want to see you win, because that is going to be incredibly impactful for your journey. Um, years from now, you'll be able to say, yeah, it was this person that made that shift in my life or that person. And so, you know, Bola, I'm glad to have you as that person for my life, because I mean, your impact is immeasurable. Like, you know, I can't even describe it, but thank you. And I'm so excited for your book. I'm excited to be in it. Like low key fangirling, <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to buy like multiple copies and just be like, oh, look, I'm in this book. I'm in this book. Here you go. Well, maybe with COVID, you know, make sure I have like gloves on or something. I don't even know, right? But like, people will probably not want to accept it that way. But, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Cindy. You know, your words are too kind. I'm honored. I'm humbled. I appreciate you. And, you know, I'm so glad to be able to share who you are and what you do with the Clever Wealth Finance community as well. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes to leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you from the bottom of my heart and I will talk to you on the next episode.